Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Go to 49ers, son. Oh, hang on. What's going on here? The overlapping there. Yes, it is the uh, Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Top Sport. .com.au, home of the best of the best multis that are about to get better. We'll tell you about that in a few weeks' time as well. We've got round, uh, week 14 action in the NFL, so five regular season rounds remaining. We've got the start of the BBL last night. We've got a start of the test series coming up. We've got player movements all over the place in the NRL. No real movement in the rankings up there at Top Sport, though. Tristan Merlihan is with us. Uh, so too, Jared Connor. I see Jared without a cap today. So no runner this weekend, uh, which is a little surprising. But anyway, there you go. How are you, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm very good, Jimmy. And I, I, I just I love December now because we're into that period. I know you gave Jared a bit of a lead time. You said, all right, from Jared, uh, from 9 to 9.30 this morning, you can you can give us the rundown on all the North Sydney Bears Christmas <laughs> episode stories. And oh, we yeah. switched the switched the pot on at 9.30 and we had to cut him off. So it was uh, it was a big start of the morning, being very, very vocal, but it's always good fun. And uh, yeah, we're into that period. Robin had a birthday party yesterday and uh I can't believe it. Charlotte soared to the number one ranking because uh, she was the smallest in the group and she flew right up to the top of the ceiling in I Fly, which was uh, wow. very impressive and uh, I think has created a little bit of uh, rivalry between the two sisters because Robin wasn't brave enough to do it. So uh, it's been a big week and uh, yeah, we've got uh, NFL, big week of NFL. I'm surprised Jerry's not wearing the hat. He might have one of those tattoos though because uh, it was a big <laughs> effort from, uh, from the 49ers. So plenty happening and uh, big bash back as well. So looking forward to chatting all about it this week. There we go, gentlemen. Got got the 49ers cap on. I've got about four or five of them here, and uh, I think it's the right year to have the 49ers cap on, and I'm sure we'll get to that soon. And yeah, well... Um, Talking of some of those stories we never talked about, there is the one from Percy's and there is the one from the Oaks. And yep. thankfully, they'll never see the light of day on this podcast. But uh, I actually got a little tickle up from one of our listeners last weekend about um, when was the uh, the old footy stories uh, edition coming out? Was that a Christmas, a Christmas edition this year? But I said, oh, listen, Jimmy's still writing the book, so we might have to wait for a little while. Well, actually, yeah, still going with that book up to chapter 13 and some of Freddie Teasdale's greatest work. But... Uh, I thought the spoken word version could be out just in time for Christmas too. But anyway, something something to look forward to. Well, uh, the one we really need to get involved is old man Freddie Teasdale. He was the man of stories. He, oh yeah, okay, okay. Wasn't was there there a story about Fred, young Fred, and he was on the bench and he played reserve grade and he was playing with a yo-yo on yeah, the with bench. a yo-yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I met him at. Uh, we went to Steve Hansen's funeral uh, a few years back, and I, I yes. met young Freddie Teasdale. And what a what a funny fellow! What a uh, uh, wit and a raconteur. Freddie was a classic. He had uh, had the long hair, and and there he was sitting on the bench in the first grade game playing with a yo-yo. <laughs> 
Uh, yes, he didn't like his chances of getting on that day. Uh, if you're liking the podcast, make sure you subscribe. You can leave a review wherever it is that you get your podcast. We like to go back before we go forward. So uh, you better give us a quick recap of what happened last week, Jared. Well, Jimmy, a quick shout out on the uh, on the reviews on Apple. Um, uh, we haven't had one for a while. We did have a number of really nice ones earlier in the season, but, uh, but it does help us with the rankings and other people find us. So please, if you're a listener and you do enjoy the podcast and you haven't given, uh, given us a rating, even if it's a bad one, go to Apple and uh, pop in there, four or five stars. You can even talk about Jimmy and some of his bets and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Jimmy, it was a very nice week. Um you and I, our best bet, we were this, on the same page. The lines minus four. Well, they got home. I don't think, don't think I'll be uh, actually touching the lines again this season. Their defence really concerns me at the present moment. But they got the bickies for us. We found a winner in the racing with uh, the last at Caulfield for me. Uh, three seventy was originally the price last Thursday, and I did mention I was very keen on Overpass, who happened to win by three yeah. or four lengths. He's down over in Perth, and gee, that was a good ride, wasn't it? And a damn nice horse. And Bjorn Baker is absolutely flying. And if we get to the lunch bets, dear oh dear, Tex, the Texans for Tristan, and he picks up one minus three and a half. Gee, is never in never in doubt there. Uh, those Broncos just couldn't get close enough. And so Jimmy, on the scoreboard, you're mm-hmm. at. Plus nine, you drop one. I'm mm. sitting there, only nine behind you. Tristan picks up one. We got a very interesting three-week countdown, and Tristan and I had a little uh, chat this morning. We're talking strategy, and we need to try and get another three lunch bets out of you this week. Uh, the all-important update of the Denver Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings, and who might finish higher on the table? Well, you're both sitting ninth in the seedings after week 13. The Vikings came off a bye, but they had a couple of results go their way, so they improved up to sixth. The Broncos come off that light loss, still sit ninth, and both have very interesting matchups this week. The Broncos on the road as uh, three-point dogs to the Chargers. The Vikings on the road as three-point favourites to the Raiders. We'll get to that a little bit later on. And all important uh, lunch and bank balance update, uh, Tristan. We've got some nice funds in the account. Yeah, four thousand five hundred and forty in there, but we're going to put a thousand into the uh, the Christmas appeal this week. So we'll, it'll drop down by a thousand, but we'll uh, we'll get that into uh, in, in, into uh, Chris and the team's uh, coffers in time for for Christmas, which I think will be a nice little uh, nice little drop for them. Yes, just for our listeners, uh, Pass It On Clothing have a Christmas appeal at the moment where they're looking uh, for $50 donations and that $50 and they're looking for 400 of them will buy an individual gift for 400 of those who are homeless or less fortunate than each of us uh, on the streets of Sydney. And it's a great initiative. This is in their third year and uh, that $1,000 that we pop in there will certainly uh, help many people. And I think that the appeal is already up to about $4,000. That'll take it up to $5,000. Um, and Chris and Olga clearly just do a wonderful job. Yeah, well done on that, guys. Um, uh, well done, Chris and Olga, but well done uh, to you guys too, in particular Top Sport for the generosity around that one. So uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, just on that, I love the way you frame this, Jared. It's like it's all in the framing, isn't it? Uh, I'm nine behind Jimmy. Well, you're on zero, mate. So let's be <laughs> let's be clear about that. And Tristan picks up one over the course of the weekend. Yeah, he does, and he's minus eleven. So 
I mean, let's do the math on that one. Anyway, it's, it's all about it, sales. Jimmy, suppose, it's all about the framing, it? having worked with you for the last four years and listened to you <laughs> on radio. You've, you've educated me very well. Marketing, marketing. I'll tell you what, Russ Wilson needs some marketing. Quarterback rating of 53.2 coming out of that loss. Oh, I thought they were going to get it done late. Anyway, CJ Stroud continues with his great season, 22-17. The Texans over the Broncos in that one. Before we get to that, though, Tristan, we had the start of the BBL last night. I don't know what the crowd was like up there at the Woolen Gabba Ground. There looked to be a lot of empty seats. They make it tricky too with all the different coloured seats up there at the Woolen Gabba Ground. So, um, but a crushing victory for the Brisbane Heat. Colin Munro, uh, spectacular, and Michael Nisa uh, and Mitch Swepson, very good as well. We've got the second game tonight or Friday night, depending on when you're listening to this one, and that is the Sixers taking on the Renegades at the SCG. You might want to go through the markets, mate, for um, for winner, um, run score. You've got all sorts of markets at topsport.com.au. Yeah, we've got a stack of markets, and it was a very, uh, very dominant start to the uh, tournament for the Heat. Uh, as you say, Munro there going just short of his 100. Uh, the Scorchers are the firm favourites to win it all. They're 350 The Sixers, $5. The Heat, 6 The Hurricanes, 7 Renegades, 8 Thunder, 9 Strikers, 10 And then the Stars, 15 So very, very tight uh, competition. All teams are certainly a chance of um, of featuring come the business end of the season. Uh, we, we've got a stack of markets. We've got the top, uh, top team run scorers, top wicket takers. We're going to have all of those up for each of the teams up until their first game. The guys will then sort of try to release as many uh, throughout the tournament as they can. Obviously, just be mindful of the, the players that are going to have international duty over the course of the season. So make sure you get your, uh, your schedules out and you see which games those players are going to miss. Got a stack of markets. It's obviously... One of our biggest betting events over the course of the summer. There's plenty of people that love getting involved. The live betting as well, in particular, when you've got the uh, when, when you've got the run, the total runs, which ebb and flow quite significantly when it when a batsman gets going, or there's a couple of quick wickets as well. So check all the markets out on the website. We'll have about a hundred markets up on each and every game, and uh, plenty of uh, options there to sink your teeth into. The game tonight or Friday night when you're listening is the Sixers and the Renegades, as you say, one sixty-five the Sixers. 225 the Renegades, and then a quick turnaround for the Heat, where they play again on Saturday night. They're away to Adelaide. $1.76 the Heat and 206 about the Strikers. Obviously, Chris Lynn now over there for the Strikers, and he'll be taking on the Heat, who uh, he obviously had a big part in their early part of the competition. Uh, Lynn Sanity over there at the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, so uh, just on that, um, abbreviated tournament this year, not 14 games, so 10 games. So you've got to start well. So that's a bad sign for the Stars in that loss last night. Uh, interesting to hear Moses Enrique is talking about how the Sixers are traditionally slow starters. Well, you can't afford to do that with the abbreviated games. Uh, do you reckon, Tristan, during the course of this, that the Scorchers will get a better price than 350 Because to me, they look just so hard to beat. Yeah, they, they look so hard to beat. And obviously they've got that fortress over there in in, in Perth. Mm. So the 350, it does look very solid. But as you say, with the abbreviated tournament, if they do lose a couple of games early, then maybe that price can go out. Obviously, you know, to win the competition, it's that that different finals format as well. So if they can finish up near the top of the leaderboard, then, um, then, then their run to the finals are going to be very strong. Probably the thing to be mindful of, their first two games are away to both the Melbourne-based sides. So... I guess if you're determining whether you want to back the Scorchers, it's how you think they're going to go in those two games. They're playing the Renegades in Geelong uh, on Sunday, and then they they play the Stars at the MCG 
there on, I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday. So if you think they're going to win both of those games, then I'd certainly be taking the 350 if you like them for the tournament. If you think they're a chance of dropping one or two of those games, then maybe you can wait out until they get to that, that home ground advantage. But that's probably the question you got to you got to pose to yourself as to when you want to jump in. Interesting, Jimmy. Uh, I live about a block from the Gabba, and oh, yeah. the noise... The noise out of the Gabba last night was uh, very strong and there were a lot of people around the streets leading into and after the game. So I think the crowd was probably pretty good. And interesting that you mentioned the Stars and starting poorly and losing. I mean, I think they seem to do that most years in the BBL, don't they? They've uh, been one of the perennial underachievers, I think, in uh, the BBL over the last 10 years. And the Scorchers, 350 they look very strong and my goodness their record over the last five to six years of the BBL and winning in Perth has just been a stranglehold hasn't it? Yeah very strong uh, Glenn Maxwell looked like he had a bit of tennis elbow or something there last night as well only chipped in with 23 out and it's it's out to a ridiculous shot the only problem is we've seen him play those ridiculous shots and score 201 not out in a World Cup so um, too a, a bit hard to be critical of Glenn Maxwell, but the injury concern uh, is of interest. We've also got the Prime Minister's 11 game going on, so uh, they missed their opportunity too, the two Aussie guys, for the bat off. Um, uh, Bancroft and Harris, Renshaw and Green, they're not out players overnight, but well done to Pakistan's captain, their new captain, uh, Shan Masood, batting three, 201 not out. What's been the level of interest and we'll get to the most interesting thing about cricket very shortly, but the level of interest in the test series that's coming up against Pakistan, Tristan? Uh, probably from a betting point of view, not massive just yet. I think, uh, as you say, we're going to talk about the most interesting element, but uh, it's probably been we, we've gone from uh, World Cup to the India series, including the WBBL, to the Big Bash, and then I still think... A week's a long time in cricket. So I think people are probably going to get excited about the uh, the Test Series probably maybe after the weekend coming up because, yeah. um, you know, we've obviously got squads in place, but, you know, we're, we're waiting to see how the Pakistanis get through uh, this, this tour match, which they've, they've started quite well. So there has been a firm for Pakistan in the market on the back of their performance that's currently in play where they were $6.50 to win the game. They're now into $5.80. So still big, big underdogs, but... Certainly a little bit of support at the big odds about them to uh, to, to to cause an upset there in that first test. So Shaheen Afridi is their star left-arm fast bowler. Very, very good. World-class. He hasn't played a game or won't play a game leading into the test match until uh, since they played England in a one-dayer uh, almost middle of November. So it's incredible, the preparation. And yet um, they won't let Scotty bowl and bowl four overs for... Um, the I think it's stars uh, in the lead up to the test match, and he's a reserve, so uh, I think that's a load management. Uh, I know what that was a load of, but uh, anyway, that's the way high performance are, are doing it at the moment. He has bowled quite a few overs in the lead up uh, with Sheffield Shield. So let's get to the story that's uh, gripped everyone from a cricket point of view, and that is um, the comments in the column by Mitchell Johnson around David Warner, uh, George Bailey to a lesser degree. And then it blew up again when George Bailey questioned the the mental health in many respects of Mitchell Johnson, who then bit again. Um, I, I reckon it says to me, boys, and um, you guys have been around professional sporting teams a lot, but what it says to you, if you think professional sporting teams are all um, roses, then think of it as like any other workplace. And that's probably getting a little closer to the mark, Tristan. I think you're exactly right. Uh, probably the big difference is in most other workplaces, you don't have former members of those teams that are able to go to 
their own newspaper columns or podcasts and be able to to put their point forward, then it gets a lot more uh, airtime than than your normal workplace. So yeah, there's certainly been a lot of interesting comments. There's been some valid points raised, I suppose. There's been some, you know, people have mentioned a few maybe personal attacks that have come out, um, you know, and, and obviously it's uh, it's it's snowballed from there. So I, I think everyone's got an opinion on it. And I think obviously Mitch is probably one of the only former players that have, that have actually aired his opinion in an open forum in the manner he has. And I, I think, you know, you go to any pub and people are debating whether Warner should or shouldn't be in the team. And, um, yeah. no, the fact is now he's been picked. Um, you know, the, the Aussies are very, very firm favourites to win this match and to win the series. And, uh, you know, you think it's highly likely now he progresses through to to the to the end of Sydney, which is what he we put forward there a year ago. Is that the right move or not? I, I don't know. I, I don't have a strong view on it. I, I guess the, the the question is, is there someone that can come in to replace him? But then on the flip side is this is probably the one of the the matches that if you do have someone that you're a little bit uncertain about, is this the best opportunity to get them into a team where they're potentially going to have a, a, a not, not a baptism of fire and be potentially part of a winning team that might build that confidence and momentum going into the next phase of their career. So there's lots of different ways to look at it. Obviously, Warner was very successful in the World Cup as well. So that's probably assisted his confidence in some sense. So obviously, the Ashes was a pretty tough tournament for him. So there's a lot of questions, I think. I don't know if we're going to get all the answers over the next month either, but I think we know where it's going to head and he's going to be finishing his test career at the, uh, the, at the SCG. I thought Johnson made some very valid points that I agree with and, and certainly raises the question. Uh, what I'd love to see, which clearly we won't ever, will be what that text message was that uh, Warner sent back to Johnson uh, many months ago that clearly aggravated Johnson and stirred this along and it adds some spice to uh, this coming coming series and uh, how Warner does or doesn't aim up and yeah, yeah, very interesting. I was a bit disappointed in Bailey's comments. Uh, you know, I just wasn't sure that going where he went uh, and and throwing that little barb at Johnson was really appropriate as a national selector. Bancroft fifty three, Harris forty nine. So I would say this this part, boys. Unless Cameron Green or Matt Renshaw get one fifty today in this Prime Minister's eleven, no one has done enough to kick down the door to say if David Warner gets. 12 and 16 and then eight and two that he should be out of the side. So when you think about that and you think about, well, he might only bat once in one of these test matches against Pakistan in the lead up to the Sydney test match as well too. So you just never know what's around the corner. And so based on that, unless we get that big score today from one of these two players, then I would suggest that David Warner will be there to Sydney, regardless of how many runs he scores in, in the build up. And to be honest, David didn't request that he get the SCG test match, but he certainly backed the selectors into a corner by saying he would like to finish there. Um, and, you know, whether he deserves it or not, you could argue that there was a period of time earlier than this that the selectors had to be brave with their selections, and they weren't. However, everything that they did in that World Cup was supported by the players. So they've got a few credits in the bank, the selectors. So that's another way to look at it as well. But all very interesting uh, what's coming up during the course of this summer test matches and BBL as well. Righto, Jared. let's get into the NFL key talking points coming out of week 13. We go into week 14 and wow, what about your slash my 49ers? <laughs> oh, I love it when you're on the bandwagon, Jimmy. Uh, gee, they're the form side at the moment, aren't they? That was a very decisive win over the Eagles last week. And clearly, 
Um, and they're the market favourites now. We'll get to the Super Bowl market in a moment. You know, they're, they're humming along. They're very, very strong and fully fit. Um, winter's now biting in the US. And, Jimmy, as you've touched on in previous years, once we get to Thanksgiving and then into December, where you really start to see where uh, and what the cream is that rises to the top in uh, these tougher winter conditions. We're now into these final four weeks. Um, very interesting. We've got the Dolphins and the Raiders, uh, Ravens leading the AFC. Uh, but a lot of those teams below them are taking wins off each other and really opening up what might unfold in these final four weeks. And who ends up with the, the seedings? Uh, the Dolphins sitting there, uh, number one seed, whether they, and they do have a pretty soft run home, um, whether they can aim up in a tougher end of this season, which they haven't done in previous years, is a very interesting watch. We've got the Chiefs sitting off a loss in third spot. Can they pull back some wins and get themselves back toward the top, if not number one seeding? Uh, very interesting. And they have got a great matchup this weekend against the Buffalo Bills. I'm, I'm keen on the Bills. I think the Bills off a bye. Mm. They're 6-0 off a bye under McDermott. And I think that they can aim up this week and cause an upset. Um, Tristan, I did want to ask you before we get to the Super Bowl market about the MVP market, because um, I know the quarterback is clearly a very dominant winner of this award year in, year out. But gee, Tyreek Hill has to be in the conversation at the moment. His numbers for the Dolphins are just stunning. Uh, his his num numbers are producing something like 25% better than anybody historically uh, has as a receiver and a high quality receiver over the last 10 to 15 years in the NFL. And I would have thought at $10 is uh, just a sneaky little interest. Yeah, I think you're I certainly think he's had a very, very impressive season. Uh, doing a little quick Google search, the last time a, M a wide receiver won the MVP award was was never. So uh, there's been as many oh, uh, rugby yeah. league players as wide receivers that win the MVP. So that's probably <laughs> the only the only uh, thing to put cold water on it. But he's been playing brilliantly, and and if ever there's a chance to to, to turn that around, then um, you know Tyreek's had one of those seasons where you can certainly. Uh, Especially the way that the the teams that are up near the top of the uh, the ladder and the top of the divisions, they've had sort of seasons where they've all ebbed and flowed at certain points. Even San Fran had that little period where they dropped off a little bit when they had their injuries. Every team sort of gone through that, so I think it does open things up a little bit. And and probably from that perspective, just looking at the market, normally at this point in the year, getting into December, you've got someone that's that's close to even money, whereas. We've got three players that are they're under five dollars. Brock Purdy at four dollars, Dak Prescott at four twenty, Jalen Hurts at four eighty, Patrick Mahomes at eight fifty, Lamar Jackson at nine, Tuart Tangavai lower at nine dollars, and then Tyreek Hill at ten, with McCaffrey at twenty one, the other non quarterback in that list. So, um, yeah, certainly a very uh, very even market. And if you think history can be made, then Tyreek Hill at ten dollars, you know, might, might might be the time to get involved. Well, Where's Russell Wilson in that market? Is he? Yeah, uh, he's scrolling, down <laughs> scrolling down. He's just about the same. Actually, he's at 150 to one. So, yeah. uh, just uh, just above Josh Dobbs there at Minnesota. He's about to have a big run to the end of the year. Jimmy, you know when you do those Google searches? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go to page four. That's where he page is. Four. But whoever goes to page four on Google, that's a that's a separate issue. <laughs> I want to exactly ask you, right. Jared. Uh, we see in um, 
uh, in the rankings here for the AFC, the Jaguars at eight and four, but it looks like Trevor Lawrence out for an extended period as well too. So this is incredible that the Steelers are seven and five and impressed basically no one during the course of this year uh, going to possibly, probably head up the AFC standings. Uh, just staggering, Jimmy. I think the Steelers have been uh, horrible and, uh, and, and they're so boring to watch and just so negative uh, with their play. And yet here they sit, as you suggested, fifth seeding and the Jags had a great opportunity there uh, last Monday night in the US to pick up that win um, against a depleted Bengals. Um, they lost Trevor Lawrence during the game, which um, flattened them. Uh, a little bit of a question mark now about where he returns. Now, they next week play the Ravens on Sunday night, which is going to be a very key game for them. And uh, there are suggestions that uh, the ankle sprain may not be as bad as first thought and that he could be back for that game. But, you know, they, they were a chance of going to number one seed. All of a sudden, they're at number four and now a question mark. And, gee, I, I posted in our chat during the week, gentlemen, some of the quarterback matchups we have this week where we've got the second and the third string uh, quarterbacks for a number of teams. There's about five or six games where it's yeah. just absolutely ugly looking. And we started with today's game out of the US where we've got the Patriots playing the Steelers. And yeah, we've got two teams who uh, seriously could not buy form, let alone a win. And we have a total points in the game that's now at 30. It's, it opened the week at 37 and it's just absolutely been bet down to 30. And yeah, many suggesting that we're probably going to end up with a 13-10 scoreline. And time person of the year, Jared is a, a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. This is incredible. She you know, oh, joins, isn't it joins the list of we, um, it, Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin as time person of the year. It's just amazing, Jimmy, that we see somebody who uh, uh, you know is just a your, your NFL supporter ends up winning such a prestigious award. And for those who haven't seen it, it happens to be um, Mrs. Uh, Swift, and uh, I'm sure all. Uh, all of her followers are all, all excited about that. And I think she's talking about getting back and maybe turning up to a couple of Chiefs games in the coming weeks. Did you see the photo of the Philadelphia Eagles as they were walking off the field? Did anyone happen to see that? Tristan, you're smiling. I um, think I might have, yes. I they, think they, the, the question was, is this a premonition? And there was Jason Kelsey. So at Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, Hurts, Swift. Kelsey hurts Swift. <laughs> so... I'd have seen another one with with one other player just jammed in the middle as well. So uh... oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Very. I don't know whether it was photoshopped or not, but I thought, wow, um, you don't miss much on the interweb this day and age, do you? Uh, no, you now, don't. what about a Super Bowl? You having a look at something from a Super Bowl market, Jared? Yeah, well, I, I, Tristan, I guess the 49ers now are clear favourites at the top top of the uh, the market. Um, and you know, very interesting how this unfolds over these coming weeks and then into the finals. But for mine, I I personally think that we're gonna we're looking at a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. Yeah, Ravens well, I, I think um, that's the the Super Bowl market at the moment. It's very interesting where the 49ers are the four dollar favourites. Philadelphia six fifty, Kansas seven. The Ravens have just been solid around that eight mark eight dollar market with Miami at eight. Dallas at nine and then Detroit 18. It gets a bit wide after that. But yeah, on, on, on face value, they seem to be the two best teams. I guess as as I touched on only a few minutes earlier, like the, there's been so many injuries over the course of the last couple of months in, in the NFL, both quarterback-wise, both stars in the in, in, in both of the uh, off, offensive and defensive lines that 
it only takes a couple of injuries. We saw how impactful that was for San Fran, you know, a couple of months ago. So you hope that we can get a, a clean run into the playoffs, a clean playoffs in terms of the stars all lining up. And I think we're really, uh, really set for some some really high quality games. But yeah, San Fran are firm favourites. They firmed up drastically after putting a number on the Eagles there last week. Okay, Super Bowl 47 was um, Ravens v 49ers. So that's happened before. That's a decade ago. And that was John Harbour versus Jim Harbour uh, back in the day. So uh, John Harbour obviously still there. Um, and and Jim now has Michigan into the uh, final four for the college football. Uh, absolutely. And uh, lots of NFL clubs, teams, franchises sniffing around for his services uh, to head back into the NFL as well. So that that's an interesting watch on that one. All right. Now, uh, where are you taking us this week, Jared, for your bet? Yeah, as I mentioned, um, I, I like the Buffalo Bills and their chances here this week. I thought the plus two and a half at a dollar seventy six, uh, no spoil with the price, but that market is being bet uh, opened. Uh, there were some three and a half the start of the week. It's been three to two and a half in the last couple of days, and I think there's some places in the US now where it's you know closer to two. So I'm with the Bills. As I mentioned, six and zero off a buy under McDermott. Um, I think the the uh, the Chiefs have got a few problems um, against a very good defence. In particular, I think Mahomes has got some issues uh, in finding some good quality receivers. So I want to be with the Bills. Bit of an upset. Uh, yeah, the Bills my best at the plus two and a half this week. Kristen, where are you taking us? I'm going to take us to East Rutherford. Uh, we had a crack at Monday Night Football there last weekend. It was unsuccessful, but... Uh... Green Bay Packers have got a phenomenal record under their coach, uh, Lafleur. They haven't lost in December for, I think it might be uh, five or six years, which is uh, which is very impressive. Uh, they take on the New York Giants, and the Packers just seem to be uh, have something about them. Jordan Love seemed to work work himself into into some good form, so I'm going to take the Packers minus six and a half at the dollar eighty three to get the job done against the Giants, who look like they're just looking forward to next year. 18 and 0 in December. You realise they had a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers when they set up that record, right? You understand that. Yeah, Jordan loves undefeated in December as well, Jimmy. So <laughs> yes, you can find Actually, that on page four of your Google search too, if you have a look. <laughs> Actually, his last three outings have been very impressive. It, it really interesting to hear Matt LaFleur talk about him and right um, and saying everyone was saying, Oh, they've got to let him play a little bit more. And Matt LaFleur said, We're letting him play, he's just got to play. So um, he's been doing that. He's been really good. Like, um, what a good organisation, the Green Bay oh, Packers. They are. He's a very astute coach. I mean, I know a lot of people have, have argued, um, and rightfully so, I guess, in the argument that, that you know, having Rodgers takes you a long way as a coach. But, you know, I think what he's done with a number of their younger younger. Uh, rookies this season and they, they've got I think the youngest list in the competition and you know the seed love come through uh, improve like he has um, against Danny DeVito this week um, sorry it led me out of that I'm all over the Packers as well all right there you go uh, now I've got there's got I've got two that I've identified I'm just wondering which way to go uh, so I like the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Minnesota Vikings the plus three so uh, this is a road game for the Vikings, obviously at Allegiant. Uh, so that's at a dollar eighty six. But I also think the Denver Broncos up against the LA Chargers at SoFi. This will be over forty four points, which is the market. So dollar yeah. eighty four. So I might go a little all up. Why not? 
I'll go a little all up. Dollar eighty six into into dollar eighty four. What do you reckon there, Tristan? That works out at three dollars forty two, and that will be one of the biggest turnarounds in history. Seeing a team go from a six nil scoreline to the overs in the next week uh, with the Chargers, they they've got to be very. Uh, their defence is very very strong, so Russell's going to have a lot of. Uh, work to do to try to find his way through that that defensive line against the Chargers. But uh, if you're willing to take the Raiders, Jimmy, I'm, I'm very prepared to back my man Josh Dobbs in for the uh, for the Vikings if, if we want to do a lunch bet on that one. So you want to do the, the Vikings minus three? Yes. Okay. All right. So here we go. Got, I'll get out a different colored pen for this uh, lunch <laughs> bet. Uh, v Tristan. Now, what are you doing, Floater? What are you doing? You, you're interested? I'm with the Raiders. With you're with the Raiders. Raiders. So you're going to come with me. I am. Lunch bet? Absolutely. Uh, uh, okay, so I've got plus G down there as well too. Great administration system that I've got running here. So, so Jimmy, uh, what's your bet? The Raiders minus three, uh, plus three, plus into three. the overs. Into, into the, the overs. overs. Yeah, in yeah, the Denver Chargers game. That's my bet. Into the, yeah. I had, I had the Patriots last week plus five and a half as my best bet for the oh. round for subscribers, oh, and they oh, get no. beat by two field goals. Seriously. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, all right, gents. That's our NFL day. Uh, we, we, we haven't got to the lines yet, uh, Jimmy. Did Tristan want to have an interest on the lines this week? The Lions this week coming off their confidence boosting plenty of points against Chicago Bears. Of course, I'm happy to, I'm happy to follow that in. They're, they're your lines as well, aren't they, Jimmy? No, not not the way Forty Niners play. <laughs> uh, what are you What are you doing, Jerry? Oh, I'm all over the plus three. That's about three too many for mine. Plus three with the Chicago Bears. Yes, that's it, Jimmy. Okay, so you, you're having a lunch bet there, are you, Tristan? Of course, yeah. I'm, I'm taking my lines to the bank. So, Soldier Field. I, I think the Bears. Yeah, the, the lines will get the job done. Okay. Did you want to make that too, Tristan? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about that? Jimmy wants to be involved. Where, what's the floater doing? Yeah, I'm going to float into this one. I'm going to float <laughs> into it. So uh, get the red pen out again. So we've got Lions minus three. Lunch bet. That's Tristan plus J. VG. Oh, Jimmy's jumping oh, in. Oh, you're on. I'm on the, the lines. lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and gentlemen, we can't go well, out of their own way. Fairly. We're obviously giving you a confidence. We're going to make this a two. Yeah, we got to make it a two. Listen to you, blokes. How good did that pre-meeting uh, meeting go? It's yeah. fantastic, isn't it? Lovely. Yeah. So, hang on, hang on. I haven't said when I'm doing two or not. No, no. When, when two of us are on the same side, we it's whoever goes in first <laughs> determines the uh, the stake of the, oh. the bet, Jimmy. Mate, all You're... these all these subclauses that I don't get to. Eight point four uh, subclause. The eight point four is it? Yeah, I only got yeah. up to eight point two when I stopped yes. reading. So. so the really good thing here is that uh, Tristan's just played a straight bat. Jimmy's jumped in, and uh, there's a potential minus four for Jimmy if the Bears get up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, if you know what had balls that they'd be your um, auntie mate, and all that sort mate, of stuff. you might you know, be right? nine in front at the moment. Let's just see these last final weeks. Tristan right. and I, these strategy meetings are working out well. Exactly. Uh, and Tristan goes up by one to minus 11. Like, fair dinkum. Anyway, marketing, 101. Righto, what about some racing? 
Oh, listen, I want to touch on two races, Jimmy. Uh, the big Brisbane Summer Carnival starts this week, which I think has been a great innovation by uh, Brisbane Racing over the last uh, few years. And Tristan, I'm sure with the big fields and some of these quality races uh, through December that then lead into the Magic Millions Carnival, um, we've got the Star Gateway this weekend, which the winner gets an automatic inclusion into the Group 1 Stradbroke in the Winter Carnival mid-next year. And Tony Collins uh, had a great, uh, record at targeting this race over recent years. He's got a handful of runners here, but I really like the favourite, uh, number five, a Freedom Rally. $2.90. Uh, I thought its price should have been, uh, I marked it, uh, well less than that. So uh, keen about Brisbane Race 8, number five, Freedom Rally at the $2.90. But my best bet and the 100 bucks this week, let's go to Randwick Race 6, number nine. I'm in to win at $3.10. Waterhouse runner, third up for the stable. Very nice horse that uh, they've brought across from New Zealand. It's third run for them. Uh, it won first up. Steps to 2,000 here. I think it's ready to go and looks very nicely placed. Christian? Yeah. We had a uh, little bit of ordinary news. I had one that I was going to tip up quite well, which I thought was a big chance, uh, in the feeling ready stakes. Boom row. And unfortunately, uh, took control of the rider at track work there yesterday and uh, went through the fence and now is in a oh. bit of trouble and is going to have to go out for a spell. I thought it was going to be making a little run into the Magic Millions. So that that what added to the uh, the salt into the wounds was there was a $1.15 shot in the race that we actually thought we had a chance of toppling, but it's been scratched as well and the field's down to four. So uh, nice little bit of prize money there for the four remaining horses in the race, which is disappointing for Racing Queensland that there's been a number of scratchings out of that race to start their carnival. But I'm going to take us to Ballarat for uh, for my tip. And Jimmy talks about this, uh, this, this all the time, this horse. I don't know necessarily if it's... Uh, if it's about the horse or about something else, but it's a page three girl, which is I'm a page three girl, race three, number 14. It's been very, very well back, $9 into $5.50. So I'm going to take that uh, 100 on the nose at the $5.50. That's race three, number 14 at Ballarat. I'm a page three girl. Page three girl. Wow, that takes me back to the time I was working at East Leagues Club when Trevor Gilmeister was going out with a page three girl. Big shout out to Corey. I know she listens to the podcast quite a lot. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to take us to Randwick on Saturday for the English Nursery. Okay, so uh, here's my staking plan. I've got two runners that I like. Uh, Tracy's done the form on this, uh, been excellent. Sacred Fort, number four, and also Deep Joy, number six. Uh, Deep Joy, number six at $5. I'm going to put $50 on the nose for the win there, please, Tristan. Deep Joy, yes. $5. And then for Sacred Fort, Fort, which is currently $18 and $4.20. I'll go the, this is all important, isn't it? I'll go the uh, 20-30 split. How about that? 20-30 split. So there we go. 20 at the $18 and 30 at the four twenty. the place. Yeah, there you go. How, so how that's you... race five, Jimmy. Race Ram... five at, at, at Ramwick's the race course that's not being sold here in Sydney, so... Yes, that might be a talking point for a couple of podcasts this week. Mm. Interesting. Thoughts? Yep. Quick thoughts on that? Oh, once it's sold, it's gone. I'm I'm not in favour. I mean, I understand the big uh, windfall for the, the industry, but you know, Rose Hill's one of the prime two tracks in in Sydney. Um, you know, outstanding track, and 
I'd be very disappointed if it's sold. Uh, the members, they, I think they need a 50% or more vote from the members. I would suggest that that might be difficult to attain. I did read today in one newspaper that um, two developers were in favour of the move, which yeah, shocked me. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, gentlemen, as always, uh, lots of fun. All right. Uh, enjoy the weekend. I know you will. Uh, and we'll do it all again next week. Speak soon, guys. Go those bears. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.